What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Are you looking for a better and healthier pick-me-up during your day or before your workout? Give Neon Energy Drink a try. Neon provides a boost but without that unwanted crash and is formulated with natural sugars from 24% fruit juice concentrate, over 100% of six essential recommended B vitamins, and caffeine that is produced by natural green tea extract. So get a better boost from Neon Energy Drink today. Go to saradonafrio.bodybybuy.com and enter promo code 3941356 to place your order. Timeout is ngscsports.com. I am your host, Jim Neese. We'll have our co-host, Andrew, on in just a minute with us. But I just want to remind everyone about ngscsports.com here on Tuesday, August 18, 2015. We are ngscsports.com, where we never stop. Make sure you visit the site, all the show pages at the top of the page for all the podcasts. Check out all the written content and much, much more. Again, NGSCSports.com. We're also on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app by searching NGSC. You can hear all the shows there. Visit our show site directly for this show and my Thursday night show, the uh, Three Count Thursday Wrestling Podcast, by going to NGSCSports.com slash big-gym-sports. We're also syndicated on the ArenaSportsNet.com Wednesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You can podcast just this show and our Three Count Thursday show uh, directly by going to your podcast store and searching Big Jim Sports. Uh, you can find me and follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Give our Facebook page a like at facebook.com slash Big Jim Sports. You heard the uh, Neon Energy Drink ad at the top of the page, but also want to tell you about the Project 10 Challenge with Body by Vi. If you visit saradonofrio.bodybyvi.com, that is S-A-R-A-D-O-N-O-F-R-I-O.bodybyvi.com, that is bodybyvi.com, use promo code 3941356. If you join the Project 10 Challenge for every 10 pounds lost, Vice Alice will donate 90 meals to hungry children. So you can help yourself and help starving children uh, at the same time. Let's bring in our co-host for tonight, Andrew. Andrew, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, how you doing, Jim? 
I'm doing pretty good. It's been a crazy couple of days at work. I, I've been, I think I've worked, uh, I want to say, almost 20 hours already in the first, uh, or over 20 hours, I think, in the first two day, first two days of the work week. So, uh, well on hey, my way to 40. Around. No, no, it's that it's that time of year, but uh, you know we're getting we're getting rolling here and and getting closer and closer now uh, with, with the podcast getting closer and closer to the football season, which is always exciting. I always look forward to that. But uh, Andrew, we have a, a poll question tonight, and it is brought on by by the first topic I want to bring up, and that is. Uh, James Harrison back in the news, and usually when James Harrison is in the news, uh, I tend to, uh, you know, really get on his case. He's not one of my favorite guys, favorite players in the entire world. Um, but uh, his, uh, I guess his sons had uh, won participation trophies. I'm, I'm not exactly uh, sure for what. Uh, or in what sport, but uh, he posted on on Instagram, this was over the weekend, uh, quote, I came home to find out that my boys received two trophies for nothing, participation trophies. I'm very proud of my boys for everything they do and will encourage them until the day I die. These trophies will be given back until they earn a real trophy. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry for believing that everything in life should be earned and I'm not about to raise two boys to be men by making them believe that they are entitled to something just because they tried their best. Because uh, sometimes your best is not enough, and that should drive you to want to do better, not cry and whine until somebody gives you something to shut you up and keep you happy. Hashtag Harrison Family Values. Uh, so, you know, that really sparked my, you know, that really sparked the poll question for tonight because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, mixed uh, mixed opinions out there about it. I put it out on Twitter. Uh, Amy responded, I don't see what the harm is. Uh, the kids seem to like them. Uh, Jason responded, yes, and let the uh, – because I asked, you know, should the sports leagues give out participation trophies? Uh, Jason said yes, and let the parents decide what to do. Uh, I don't mind doing it, but he also agrees um, with James Harrison. And then uh, lastly, uh, Matt, let me pull it up here. Uh, responded, yes, for people to say participation trophies groom a sense of entitlement is ludicrous. Entitlement is constructed by the parents because it is them who ultimately confuse the kid's perception of their success. The kid learns quickly on their own that they aren't as good as other kids, but when they hear their parents say things like, why isn't my kid starting, or this coach doesn't know what they're doing, year after year after year, they start to believe it. For most of the kids, they know exactly what that participation trophy means, and they still love it. Because for most of them, it's the only, hey, good job, hope you had fun, they'll receive because their parents are the worst and probably <laughs> kick puppies for fun. Um, so um, definitely, a, definitely a varying range of, uh, of, <laughs> of thoughts on Ooh. that. But, yeah, I... You know, off the bat, really, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's something that is definitely a, a different thing in, in society today, even from when I think we were young, Andrew. I mean, I, I you know, I, I just turned 30. Um, I don't recall ever 
receiving a, a participation trophy. I have trophies. I don't have a lot of them. I have a trophy for the years I was on, uh, for two years, when I was on um, Warwick Little League um, All-Star teams in July. Um, I think I have a trophy for, or I won a plaque. I was voted uh, Sportsman of the Year one year I played Little League Baseball. And, um, you know, a couple medals from uh, soccer teams I was on. That's it. I mean, there's, you know, at no point that I receive a, hey, thanks for just being you. Hey, thanks for just getting out and playing sort of a thing. Um, I mean, that's what I, I, you know, I know, you know, my teams had like year end banquets. Um, and I think our coaches, um, you know, gave out gifts, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a trophy and it wasn't from the league. It was something that the coach decided to do on his own, um, you know, on his own time and his own money, and it was organized by the parents of the uh, of the team. It, it had it was not the league saying uh, there's 147 kids in the league this year, and we're going to give out 147 thanks for playing along trophies. It was nothing like that. Andrew, did, did you ever receive a participation trophy? Well, I don't have all my trophies here. That a lot of them are still at my parents' house, actually. Um, I can tell you from experience, my, my younger brother, who is what, six, seven years younger than me, um, all throughout um, playing Lidditz Youth Soccer, he was getting participation trophies every year. They did that. Um, when I was playing in Little League Baseball, it was at the coach's discretion. So, I mean, the one year when we trounced the league and went like... 28 and one or something ridiculous like that. I mean, they got they sprung that year and got us like two foot, three foot trophies for that year. But otherwise, I mean, it was up up to the coaches, and there were definitely years we didn't get trophies, and I was okay with that. Um, I know sometimes tournaments will either give out medals or tro- or small trophies for participating, and I think in a tournament setting, I think that's actually a good idea. You know that you know everybody comes hard to play at a tournament. You know, no matter how well or how poorly you do i'm okay you know the kids always you know always leave it all behind when it's when it's tournament play and you know you're pushing your pitchers to the max and everything else so you know in tournaments absolutely that you know there should be no shame in getting a participation trophy in a tournament as far you know as far as during the regular season you know i i I actually agree with Matt as far as entitlement goes. I don't know if I go so far as to say I'm gonna, that these parents are kicking puppies, but you know he brings up a lot of good points. You know, I guess if the parents don't want to give the kids the participation trophy, and you know it's something I'll have to look at in the upcoming couple of years because you know, like I said, it it didn't happen when we were kids and we were playing club sports. Yeah, and and I, I think you know that's kind of uh, that was Jason's point is is that the league should do it and let the parents decide it. Um, I mean, it's it's a, it's a hard call, it really is. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree uh, on Matt's side that that it doesn't create entitlement issues because. Um, you know, and I don't have kids, so I, I don't. I don't want to like overstep my my thought here, overstep my boundary. But you know, there's times if you, you know, if I'm in the grocery store and I see a kid crying or, or screaming, and you can tell that it's a forced scream, it's a forced cry, and without 
even in talking to the kid or, or, or anything like that or removing it from the situation, the parent, you know, reaches and grabs a cookie or grabs, um, you know, some sort of snack or toy or, or something to give to, to, to give to their kid that, that then they stop crying or stop acting out, which to me, I, I never had, I, I never even got that. So, you know, it, it's a situation where sometimes I feel like, um, you, you, you create that environment by catering to a situation. And in the same time, if a kid just, if a kid plays and the team isn't very good and you just give out this trophy, I think that does to me create th- this atmosphere where it doesn't matter how bad I do, I should, I'm, I still should get something, you know, it's, it, it's like in a place of employment, if, you know, one, if, if, if person A comes in an hour early and stays two hours late and helps every department and does, you know, a hundred and 110% or more of what they're asked to do. And person B clocks in at, you know, at, at the regulation start time of work, say nine o'clock punches out at five o'clock, um, never goes above the above and beyond the call never does anything and you know at at the end of the year um both are are compensated with the same pay pay raise or anything like that where's the incentive for person a to continue to do what they're doing or for person b to step up their game if they know that no matter what they do, they're going to get the same amount. I feel it's that same same sort of a thing. Where does it? Where does it? Uh, you know, why, why why is a kid going to strive to be better if they know they're going to get a trophy? If it becomes about the trophy, if they want that trophy, I mean, I I, I think the the idea don't win one, and I think that that's kind of the the balance there is is, and that I think falls on the parent as well or the coach where. You know, if your if your team does not succeed and does not win first or second or third place and get that trophy or medal or what have you, the 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 coach should still be supportive. Um, all the coaches I ever played for in little league baseball or soccer or basketball, whatever I played, no matter what we did, they still encouraged us. They still told us what what a good job they were doing. And I, I coached one year of a nine and ten year old little league baseball and. We didn't have the best team. We didn't have the best year. And I remember on day one, on opening day, we the team went out and we had practiced. I thought we had a great run up until game one, and they lost like 17-4. to four. I mean, it, it, it was just a brutal game from the word go. And we got back into the dugout. And all of all the coaches were walking back to the dugout, and we're like, you know, how? What do we say? What do we say? How do we, you know, how do we build this team back up? And we get in the dugout, and a couple of the guys, we got in there, we say, you know, a couple of things didn't go right today, and and we're gonna, you know, practice. And like one of the kids raised their hand and said, how do we get better? What do we need to do to get better? And everybody was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the next time that we played that team, that the, the team we played, we were the Blue Jays, they were the Orioles. 
Um, we were in, we, <laughs> our team, our, it wasn't it. Um, our team was, I want to say, I mean, about middle of the pack um, in terms of wins and losses. The Orioles were in first place. It was the middle of summer. We had, we were only going to have the bare minimum, nine guys. And if all of the coaches, if we could have sat down and handpicked a roster, we would not have picked that nine. I, I mean, I, I would have picked maybe three or four of the nine that uh, that we that we had that day, and we ended up winning the game. And eight, um, I think I had you know I wore a uh, between me and the other coaches. I think we had worn about a six foot ditch uh, in the dugout, pacing back and forth uh, throughout the game. But I, I don't feel like and and there was no participation trophies uh, that year. I don't know if Warwick Little League does and does now, but there was none there, and there was none on our team. Because anytime we won, it was great job. Anytime we lost, it was great job. You still had fun. Let's improve for the next one. And that's what needs to be taught. There wasn't a participation trophy, but you know what was a trophy? Was that day. That day, because those kids, when they won that game, it was like they just won the World Series. It was like they just won the Super Bowl. It's like it was Christmas morning. It's like it was New Year's Day. It was every holiday, every birthday, every every great thing in this world. It was in that day, and I can still remember this was this was. I think when I was still in high school, this is my junior senior. This is over ten years ago, and I can still remember that night. I can close my eyes and I can still picture that night, and I can still see the look on those on those kids' faces from that night because that was their victory. That was their trophy. It wasn't, you know, if if they knew at the end of the year, they were going to get a trophy. What was the incentive to go out there and earn that win that night? What was the incentive to go out and do their best against a team that slaughtered them? We in game number one, I don't think you get that. So, so I, I do, I disagree with Matt a little bit that, that it doesn't create entitlement. I do also, I, I do partially agree with him. I, I do think that the parents and their environment, um, can change their perception. But I think, I think the participation trophy can, and sometimes does create a sense of entitlement. Yeah. And, and that is a good thought you bring up, Jim. Um, I, st- I hope, you know, like I said, I don't know what Warwick Little League does anymore. I hope they still leave it up to the coaches to decide that because I think the coaches, you know, they, you know, they have a pretty good idea if, if if they think their team has played well enough to earn a trophy for the year or not. And it shouldn't be automatic just for the regular club. I still, like I said, I still stand on if it's a tournament and they have participation trophies. I think that's, you know, I, I do think that's a good idea. It gives you something to remember the tournament on, you know, no matter how you did. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's something I'm going to have to think about over the next couple of years as my, uh, as my kids get old enough to start playing, you know, baseball, soccer, what have you. Um, as I start to try and figure this out, I'll keep you updated because I, I know I don't have the answers right now, but well, I'll, I'll let you know if I ever figure it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't. You know, and I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, insult or, um, you know, belittle anyone who, you know, believes that they, 
there should be participation trophies. You know, it's it, 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 this is all, you know, obviously it's it, it's all opinion on this, um, but I just think that you know the the more for me the more the more society and the more the world um, does that for kids to make kids feel better, uh, and and I know there's a line, you know, and there's a certain age where that kind of stuff stops, or I hope it does, because at some point you're not preparing them for life because you know life life isn't you know life isn't fair not not everything gets balanced out that way and you're gonna get beat up if you're not uh, you know if you're not living up to a certain standard I shouldn't say living up to a certain standard but if you don't perform at a certain level if you you know if you go at the bare minimum or even below that um you know, it's not going to prepare you. So I don't know where the line cuts off. And yeah, Andrew, that's, that's you know, because you, you do have kids. You know, that was something, you know, I, I was going to bring up with you is, you know, what, you know, when, when do you even start thinking about that? I mean, how old are, um, how old are your kids again? Uh, Jason's three. Ben's going to be two. Uh, actually, a little less than a week off a month. So they're still okay. real little. Okay. Yeah. So you you still have a little bit of time, uh, you know, to to think about that. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, ultimately for me, you know, I I just think that if because I mean the the purpose of sports, the purpose of sports is there are winners and losers. I mean, it's it's if 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 you're just out there to participate, then it's exhibition. Then it's then it's more of a. Um, then it's more of just a, uh, you know, a leisure activity. Because even when I'm out on the golf course, I mean, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm out there to have fun, and I'm out there to improve my on my personal score. But in the same time, when I'm in a foursome or a twosome or a threesome, I'm still trying to be the best guy out there. You know that that's the purpose of sport. You know, it's it's not it's not crocheting, it's not art, it's not you know music where it's just a hobby. A sport is a competition, and it should be treated as such. I mean, granted, it you know what do when do kids play t-ball? Like five, six years old. I mean, at that point, should you even keep score? You know what I mean? At that point, make it an exhibition, but. Don't you don't need participation trophies? I guess is is my uh, is, is is my point. You know, I mean, it's not sport if everybody gets a prize. Yeah, and that does make a lot of sense. You know, and I don't necessarily disagree with all that because in sports, loser. But you know, again, you also have to you also have to take into account the age as well as the kids. I, you know, maybe the young, maybe the younger kids as they're starting, you know, the trophy gives them something to look forward to right away. And then as they're older, you just phase it out, either let the coach decide or, you know, top three, top four, whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. Well, like I say, it's, it's something I'm going to be uh, exploring over the next couple of years as my kids grow up and start to play. So I'll definitely let you know if, if I ever, fully figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's the ultimate thing. Is it, it comes down to parents, and maybe that's where uh, Jason's point is, 
you know, the league can give them to the parents um, and then let the parents decide what they do with them. Don't make a big deal about it. But but maybe from a league standpoint, that's a hard thing because if, you know, John and Tim are best friends and, you know, John's parents don't believe in the trophy, in the participation trophy, goes to Tim's house, say, what's that? Oh, that's our my trophy from playing this year. Oh shit! You know that then 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 it creates then it creates more of a problem. So, um, you know, ultimately, I don't know don't know what or if or what the 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 right answer is, but you know, I I just think that for me, um, you know, and again, if I have kids someday, maybe maybe my stance will change on it. But right now, today, at thirty years old. August eighteenth, twenty fifteen. I think that the, um, I think the participation trophy is is ridiculous. I think it's unnecessary. Um, I think that I think coaches and leagues, um, and then parents especially. I mean, ultimately, it does come down to the parents should be telling these kids and recognizing them in in a in in some manner. You know, I think in in a vocal manner. Um, that they're doing a great job, but I don't think that a participation trophy um is necessary. I, I think I think it it can open the door to uh to to uh, to, to that sense of uh sense of entitlement a little bit. Uh, we do have a caller. Uh, Ryan is on the line. Uh, Ryan, uh, welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hey Jim, how are you doing, uh, Andrew? How are you? Great show so far. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? No, it's a really, really good topic that you guys brought up tonight. Uh, I remember back to my days in Little League when I played Little League ball, and uh, I, I believe it was for the Blue Jays. It, it doesn't even matter what team it was for, but uh, I remember that we we all got participation trophies. I don't think it was a league wide thing. I believe the coaches decided to, to, to buy us all these trophies or something. We didn't win, you know, or anything like that. Um, and, again, we, we were just talking Little League. But, but as a child, I remember, like, how cool that felt to have that trophy. You know what I mean? Like, it was on my desk for a long-ass time. Like, I remember, you know, I dusted it every week, um, you know, shined it up. And I don't think it ever gave me some sort of entitlement or a sense of entitlement. Like, I knew what it was, but it was a cool-looking trophy, a little baseball player on it. It wasn't any big three-foot, four-foot trophy. It was a little desk-sized thing, no more than a, you know, than an action figure, I guess. So, I don't know, I just, I just, I see where you're coming from, like, with the entitlement thing. It just never gave me that feeling, like, I was entitled to anything. Or in the future, if, you know, if I try, I'll, I'll still get rewarded. Like, I still understand, like, we weren't the best team in the league, but I felt like we did try our best. It was kind of a motley crew of, of, of team members, but uh, I, I I don't see the harm in it, I suppose, especially at a younger age, um, you know, where, again, it is Little League, you know, we're not going out there to, you know, to, to kill anybody or anything like that. And I'm, I'm specifically, guys, talking like baseball, soccer, things of that age. Football might be a little bit different, a little bit more contact, um, more serious type of a sport than a than a leisurely baseball game or something. But I guess that would be my take on it, that uh, I was thrilled when I got my my little participation trophy. Um, 
and uh, and, and it did. It, it, it meant a lot to me as a child. I don't. I probably still have it somewhere. It's just. That's just kind of my take on it. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I you know I guess if it, you know if it comes down to because we had I think team team banquets or team picnics or something, and um, I think coaches got got us a uh, a gift. But, you know, I never got, you know, it was never from the league. And I guess, um, uh, you know, a lot of times these are coming from a league or a, or a um, you know, an organization. It's not from an individual coach. I, I have no problem with an individual coach because at that point it's being presented as, you know, this is this is me thanking you. It's like, you know, if you're a kid and you, you know, if you go, you know, if you're out at the store with your family and, you don't act up and you're, you know, you're well behaved in this and that. Every so often you might get a candy bar. Every so often you might, um, you know, you might stop for ice cream or something on the way home. Um, but you don't do it every time. Um, or you don't just, you know, like I was saying to Andrew, you don't, you don't, if, you're, if your kid is, is screaming and crying and throwing a fit for no reason, you don't give them a cookie or, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, not reward, but some sort of something to get them to quiet down because then they know, well, if I act up, I'll get this. And, you know, and that, that's all I wanted to begin with. So hey, I have no problem with, with the coach uh, giving something out as a, as a thank you. I, I think for me, it's more, um, you know, I, I don't think that the league should be presenting these items. No. Okay. I can agree with that. That makes sense. Um, more from a league standard that, Hey, if you, you know, if you participate, at least come to the game, you know, you get something. So, yeah, that makes a bit more sense, um, you know, than a coach, you know, thanking his team for a hard work and hard effort with, with a, a trophy or a ribbon or some sort. Sure, now that makes sense. All right, very good. Uh, any any uh, any other thoughts, Ryan? No, that was it. No, it's, uh, it was just, like I said, a really good topic. Uh, you know, I, I saw you posted on the Facebook page and uh, kind of been, it's been, I've been kicking it around just chewing do it, you know, the whole day. So, uh, really good topic. Like I said, really good show so far, guys. All right, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Hey, you too, bud. So yeah, I mean, there's you know not not a whole lot else uh, on on this topic to um, you know really to discuss. But you know, I think it's it's something that I think should be discussed. And and you know, nobody, um, you know, I don't think I think I've seen people that you know, overreact and really put people down for their opinion on it one way or the next. I don't think that's right because the way that things change and the way things move in, in society is, you know, you adjust them by having open and honest adult uh, discussions about things. And I think that that's healthy and, and is something that uh, should be done probably more often. Andrew, did you agree? Absolutely. Uh, stop hide, stop trying to hide behind being politically correct. That's that's how you actually get things done. I mean, if people would talk, Pennsylvania's budget would be done. Washington could get the country and the budget fixed. You know, talking would make a huge difference. I mean, you have to listen, too. That's why it wouldn't work for politicians. But talking's very important. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Andrew, just here at the top of the hour, just going to uh, remind everyone we are here on NGSCSports.com. Uh, visit the site for all the written content, all the shows. Check out the show pages at the top, uh, that little drop-down box there. You can visit all the show pages, including ours, the Big Jim Sports Show page. Um, a little breaking news out of baseball, not to not to uh, uh, sidetrack too far. Red, Hawk, Red Sox hire Dave Dombrowski as president of baseball operations. 
Ben Charrington is out um, with the Red Sox. Uh, you know, no surprise there, I guess, some changes being made uh, uh, with this season um, that they have been having. And I guess uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, what had his uh, 25th career Grand Slam, extending his all-time 25. Major League Baseball re- record. Uh, the Yankees take the lead 5-4. to four. Um, <laughs> And, Andrew, I'm with you. I don't know who started it, but Bayrod uh, definitely needs to uh, – to be eliminated. Hey, that I hate the word bay. It just needs to whoever put it into our current <laughs> lexicon of language needs to be punched in the face six times and then it needs to disappear again back into the primordial ooze. Uh, no, oh, get, yeah. get rid of it. Oh my god. Every time every time I hear hear that word the the brain cells that uh that survived my years in college start shrinking even more. So uh yeah, every time every time I hear that, it's it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I guess congrats to A Rod. I know um, you know he's been quite a story um, for for the Yankees this year, and the Yankees team that uh, you know has been very successful this year and is looking to hold on. Orioles have been surging lately. Toronto uh, definitely been surging lately. But uh, you know the the AL East hasn't been quite as exciting as it normally can be. But it's uh, it's hanging in there. It's it's gonna. I think it's going to put up a good fight here over the last oh, uh, definitely, definitely over the last month and a half. But uh, but let's get back to football here. This past weekend, you know, it was the full first weekend of preseason football. Uh, Marcus Mariota and uh, Jameis Winston both making their debut and both um, debuting in the manner that pretty much I think um, I expected them. I think most people um, that that really think about it. Uh, would have expected. They're they're rookie quarterbacks. They're rookies. You're, you're not going to have rookie quarterbacks for the most part. I understand that there are exceptions to every rule, but uh, for the most part, um, the, really, it's 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 par for the course when you talk about quarterback struggles. Marcus Mariota uh, in the Titans' 31-24 loss to the Falcons. Mariota was seven for eight. For 94 yards, one interception. Uh, he also ran the ball, or, or uh, you know, his rushing statistics. Uh, one carry for minus uh, six yards. I guess that would have come on a uh, on a sack. He also had a lost fumble. Uh, Zach Mettenberger, the more um, prolific quarterback for the Titans, uh, on uh, on that game, eight for 11, 129 yards, um, uh, one touchdown, one interception. Again. Yeah. First, um, you know, first preseason game, you're, you know, a lot of teams aren't starting their full defenses. A lot of teams aren't starting their full offenses. I know the Cowboys, uh, Romo didn't play, Randall didn't play, McFadden didn't play, uh, Bryant didn't play, um, a lot of the offensive line didn't play. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't, I don't buy a lot of in preseason until the, you know, second week, especially then the third week. Also, Jameis Winston, uh, the Buccaneers lost 26 to 16. Uh, Jameis Winston in this one went nine for 19 uh, for 131 yards and interception. Um, he had four carries for 18 yards. He did have a rushing touchdown uh, in the game. He had a fumble, but did not lose the fumble. Uh, so he had just one. Uh, one self-recovered fumble. 
Um, it was an eight. He his his touchdown run was an eight yard touchdown run uh, late in the second quarter. Uh, so they gave him you know they gave him a fair amount of time, fair amount of uh, of work there. Um, a little bit less work for Marcus Mariota. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to see a lot, a lot of, um, you know, either of these games. But you know, I, I saw the highlights, and, and again, it, to me, this is par for the course. There's a lot of people uh, that overreact. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, are quick to make ju- judgments, calling Winston a failure, uh, Mariota a failure. But the, but but the bottom line is here, it's it's preseason football. It's week one of preseason football. Um, you really just can't take a lot of stock into what we see. No, no, you really can't. I mean, Winston, I mean, against my Vikings, this is kind of what I expected against the first team. I mean, uh, Coach Zimmer made such a huge impro- huge amount of progress on that team on that uh, squad from last year to this year. He did pick on uh, Vikings first round pick Trey Williams a couple times, but uh, Williams, or I'm sorry, Trey Waynes, but he also had some nice deflections uh, late as they kept trying to pick on him. So, you know, I I got to see him recover. Mariota, I'm not surprised to see his stat line. His big thing coming out of college is that he was highly accurate. He showed that seven for eights and 87.5%, you know, completion percentage. He did get picked off. You know, I mean, they both got knocked around. I mean, you know, it, they're rookies. It's their first preseason game. If we're looking into this too heavily, then, frankly, we're nuts because there, there's absolutely no reason to do that. They've played, you know, one to two quarters of preseason NFL football. Give them time, folks. They've got plenty of room to grow, plenty of room to develop, and they will most certainly do better than their initial showings were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I said it. Uh, I know I said it during the college season um, last year that Winston, I thought, would be the best NFL quarterback. I still believe that. But I, I you know, obviously, and it's funny when when we had when we as sports hosts or or sports fans or whatever. Uh, you know, whether you're watching, no matter what you're listening to, what you're watching, that the words, I still think he'll have a great career, come out of anybody's mouth or have to come out of um, out of anybody's mouth after one preseason game their rookie year shows you how ridiculous coverage of, over coverage of, the 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 NFL draft rookie camps preseason has really gotten because at at no point at no point should you think after one preseason game where they likely only play a, a quarter at most for Winston again the exception he play the whole first half but at no point should one quarter of one preseason game should no quarter of one regular season game question whether you think a person will have a great career or not but the the you know the the over fascination the over reaction um of of preseason games is 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 crazy 
I don't understand it. It, it it's preseason. You're barely going to, especially in the first game, you're barely going to face too much first team. I think the Vikings ran theirs a little bit longer, but um, you know, maybe just to stick it to Winston a little. I don't know. Um, but why are we looking? Why why are we looking ahead at your whole career? I mean, that, that that's insane. I, is there? I can't think of any word that describes that better other than pure total insanity. I I don't get it either. Yeah, it it's I don't I don't I don't understand. I just I just really don't. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Um, you know, I barely watch any preseason football. Um, I I don't I I didn't watch any of the Cowboys first preseason game because I I was po- podcasting on my Thursday night wrestling podcast Three Count Thursday which is also right here on NGSCSports.com. Um, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> totally shameless. Totally shameless plug. I don't care. Um, but I didn't, I didn't see any of that because, you know, it was, it was on during Three Count Thursday. And I didn't watch any on Saturday. I was busy Friday night and Saturday with uh, Lancaster Championship Wrestling stuff. My wife and I had... Uh, a little bit of the Eagles Colts on, on Sunday afternoon because um, there's nothing else on on a Sunday afternoon. I was waiting for the uh, PGA championship coverage to come on. Um, and I, and I was actually watching the golf uh, golf channel or uh, CBS sports, whatever it was on, you know, on my iPad. So I was more focused on that than I was on the Eagles preseason game. I was really only watching the Eagles preseason game at all to, uh, you know, to see if I was going to have any ammo uh, to fuel on the fire of my some of my Eagle friends at work. But, <laughs> um, well, that's yeah, I mean, pre- of course, you know, preseason football to me is is, you know, it, it, it it's pointless. It, it it really is pointless. I don't get excited for it. I get excited for you know the week one of college and the week one of the NFL because then games actually matter. Um, I just I just never really have gotten that excited for it. I don't know about you. I've never been excited for preseason football. Not even uh, not even when the Vikings were in the Hall of Fame game. You know where that's something a little more special because of what's going on. Even then, I don't really care. I think I saw a total of 35 seconds of the Vikings game, and most of that was just watching the highlights afterwards. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I just don't get it. I guess maybe if I was there and could at least see live football, maybe. But, yeah, it doesn't do much for me at all, especially on oh, I've gone, you know, I've gone to preseason games. I mean, it's... You know, first off, I think they're a little bit cheaper for, for single-game tickets. I, I can't recall offhand. But, um, it, it, I mean, the environment of being there is always fun. I mean, especially if you're in a if you're in a market that has, you know, a good fan base. You know, that, 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 that provides a, um, you know, that provides something that you're not going to get watching a preseason game at home. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, there, there's no point. Um really the only other you know coverage of any game uh comes down to something that you know 
is something that we're going to keep our eye on. I'm not going to go ahead and say that this is definitely the case. But I guess there's a possibility here that we may be seeing a, a, dare I say, mature or more mature Johnny Manziel uh, in, in Cleveland's 20-17 to loss to the Redskins. Uh, Johnny Manziel, 7 for 11 for 42 yards, um, two carries, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he had a fumble, but he recovered it. Um, but on that touchdown run, the familiar dollar sign, the, the celebration that has become famous or infamous, depending what side of the argument that you are on, was not there. And I know, you know, it's, it's brought up many people. He's gone through his rehab program, which, you know, as much as I've been a, um, you know, Manziel detractor, you know, I've been, been very much uh, not a Manziel fan, to say the least. But, you know, the, the minute I, I saw that he was um, going into rehab, I said, you know, regardless of my feelings on him as a as a the uh, quarterback as you know a seemingly cocky quarterback and things like that I said you know this I wish him nothing but the best and I hope he gets his life on track and I hope that he gets healthy you know I, I, I never wished I never I never wish any harm or or anything like that on anybody so so you know I, I have a line that I draw when it comes to my fandom, you know, if, you know, no matter who it is, if it's a player on a team that I hate the most, the player that I dislike the most, um, if anything happens to them personally, I wish them nothing but the best because at the end of the day, they're people, they're human. Um, you know, so seeing this, maybe he's starting to get it. Maybe he's starting to understand and grow up a little bit. Again, I'm not I'm not saying it for a definite because it's no different than the overreactions on, you know, Mariota or Winston or anything you see with a running back or anything like that. I'm going to reserve my full judgment, but it's promising enough, uh, at least in the short term, that it that it appears Johnny Manziel may be starting to get it maybe starting to mature and maybe uh starting to uh you know maybe starting to to grow a little bit here and you know what uh, good for him i mean really good for him it's about time he you know grows up frankly but you know hopefully when he went to rehab hopefully it kind of opened his eyes it seems like it has it's opened its eyes to more than just, hey, you need to stop partying, stop drinking, stop doing whatever all the time. But you know, maybe that, hey, you're an adult now. You're a quarterback in the professional football league. Maybe it's time you grow up and act like one. And it seems like maybe that's uh, maybe that's finally hit a chord with him. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm certainly not a fan of Manziel either. I could not stand him when he was at Texas A&M. I really was enjoying watching his uh, uh, feeble attempts to play last year and his limited action. But you know what? If the guy's been able to turn his life around, that that's wonderful to hear. You know, 
And if he can turn his life around, he'll probably start to turn his football career around too because once you get everything lined up and in sync, everything just, it, it could become easier to focus on what's really important and on improving as a quarterback. Yeah, certainly. You know, and, and again, he's he's a young guy. He's a, um, you know, he's he's, you know, he's young. He's he's learning. He's getting there, and um, you know that that's that's a huge thing. That that is a huge thing, and um, you know, again, I I hope that this improves. I hope that this continues to grow, and I hope that he continues to mature and improve. Whether or not he gets better at football has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. You know, if, if, he, get, if he improves on the field and he gets better, you know, and, and, and he is what his, you know, comes up to the level that his reputation has, um, you know, ha, has preceded him, then by all means, I will... You know, I will I will re- retract some of my previous statements, and I will, um, you know, admit to being wrong. But you know, ultimately, ultimately, you know, this is about you know for me and for him, this is about a guy who has, um, for whatever reason, had some struggles, personal struggles, and you know, obviously, you know. It, you know, hopefully he is, uh, is 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 improving, and you know, gets uh, gets back to it, and 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 is okay. Absolutely, hey, you know, it, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. I mean, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't know. Um, everything that's been going on with him, you know, we can always judge and preach and everything else that people like to do from their soapboxes. But, you know, I, you know, I bet this is making his parents really proud. ESPN um, college actually ran a really good story on him. I think it was, I think it was two years ago when he was still at A&M about his family life. And, you know, he, from what I read in the article, I mean, his dad has been, you know, right behind him this whole time and through thick and thin and everything else. And, you know, even if it's just getting him out in the golf course so he can vent his frustration by smacking the crap out of a little white ball, screaming a little bit, throwing a club in the water a la John Daly, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's good to see. And I hope he can continue this personal improvement even if he even if his NFL career flunks out and he never turns out to be much of anything. You know, the one thing he could always take away with him is he made it. How many millions of people are going to say, you know, I played football through this, that, and everything else, but they never made it. He'll always be able to say he made it. Certainly. Certainly. And, um, again, as as I have always before, um, I wish him, um, you know, nothing but the best and continued success and hopefully uh, some continued um you know improvements in his uh in his personal life um and that that that's all that uh that's all you can hope for that's really all you can hope for uh for a person andrew 
new point after touchdown rule, new extra point rules in the NFL. I know uh, we've talked about it multiple times uh, here on this show. Uh, the NFL, of course, moving it back this year, uh, making it a 33-yard uh, kick, um, moving it back to the uh, the snap to the 15-yard line, making it 33-yard um, uh, distance. Through 17 preseason games, it appears that the extra point is just a little bit more exciting, at least at this point, than it has been uh, in previous seasons. Through 17 preseason games, NFL kickers have connected on 55 out of 57 extra point attempts. The 96.5... Come on. I uh, have a little technical glitch here. The 96.5% conversion rate uh, might sound high, but it's actually uh, 3% lower than what kickers did last year during the NFL season. NFL kickers hit... uh, 99.3% of their extra point attempts in 2013. They hit 99.5. Obviously a much smaller sample size here. Uh, Two preseason misses over the weekend came from Titans kicker Ryan Suckup and Eagles kicker Cody Parkey. I actually saw the Parkey one um, when uh, when I was watching the game on Sunday. Uh, Actually, neither of those kickers uh, have missed a regular season extra point in their career, going a combined 20, uh, 241 of 241. Um, you know, I guess the question from this, and, and I, you know, I was in favor, um, or actually I wasn't, if I remember correctly, I was not in favor when they decided to change the rule. I thought, why was the purpose of changing the rule? But right here you see why. Um, because the way I look at it is if, you know, everybody can say, well, you know, the the extra point should always be made. Well, if it should always be made, then, then why even have it? Why not just make a touchdown worth seven points? What's the point of going through the extra point process? Um, but but you know now here you actually have you know you have to work at it and it, and it, i think it will give uh home field advantage in certain situations if you know getting later in the year the the, the cold environment the, the players uh you know the kickers of the cold weather team might be used to kicking in that environment or early in the year you know the heat or dry or you know what have you or or the wind you know they know the wind of their stadium um you know it, it can play more to home field advantage, and and I actually kind of like that now that I'm only, you know I'm only seeing it and and you know you have the uh, the the option of two point conversions that are still from the old uh, short distance there, um, so maybe you're going to see more two point conversions. I don't know, but I think at least adds some excuse me some sort of um, you know question and excitement. To what used to be a, a throw throwaway moments in a football game. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll get a little more exciting. I, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's going to really. I don't think it's going to play much difference unless you're playing at Pittsburgh late in the season after the field's trashed or you know the weather's bad or something like that. Now. I was actually reading an interesting article uh, Kevin Seifert put up earlier on ESPN 
because the uh, CFL actually moved the extra point back this year as well, and their kickers aren't nearly as good as NFL kickers are. Um, now they also moved the two point, I believe, up to the one yard line, um, and their extra point percentages dropped, I think, to 84, 85 percent. So there are actually quite a few more, um, quite a few more coaches that are choosing to go for two. Now, you know, is that something we're going to start seeing NFL? The NFL coaches do, unless they move it up to the one yard line. I don't, th I don't think so. It's still pretty much automatic at 33 yards versus, you know, versus 15 yards. It's, you know, it's not that big of a difference, unless, like I said, unless you have an exceptionally poor field or bad weather. But, like, you know, even then. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much of a difference it'll make. The big thing I do like about the rule changes, though, is that the ball stays alive if the kick's blocked or something. So the defense has a chance to return it and actually get points off it, like I think you can in every other level of football. So I think that's a good. I, I think that's a really good idea, and that I think more than moving it back or adjusting this or adjusting that or making the kickers kick backwards or something, that I think has more potential to add excitement to what's otherwise still pretty much an automatic play. Yes, yeah, certainly, Andrew. Let's just take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. On the other side, we'll uh, wrap up some NFL stuff, get to golf, some college sports, and, uh, and more. Uh, stay tuned the other side of the break here at the Tuesday timeout on NGSCSports.com. Are you looking for a better and healthier pick-me-up during your day or before your workout? Give Neon Energy Drink a try. Neon provides a boost but without that unwanted crash and is formulated with natural sugars from 24% fruit juice concentrate, over 100% of six essential recommended B vitamins, and caffeine that is produced by natural green tea extract. So get a better boost from Neon Energy Drink today. Go to saradonafrio.bodybybuy.com and enter promo code 3941356 to place your order. Welcome back to the Tuesday Timeout here on NGSCSports.com. I'm your host, Jim Neese, co-host Andrew, here with you. Remind everyone to visit NGSCSports.com for all the shows, all the written content, and much, much more. NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can podcast our show directly by searching Big Jim Sports in your podcast store. You can also uh, podcast all the shows on the NGSC Sports family by uh, going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, just search NGSC, and again, visiting the home site, NGSCSports.com. Andrew, uh, before we get back to the NFL topics, a very uh, great story for me today out of the world of college football. We'll get to more uh, more college football stories later, but Kavari Russell, um, who was uh, s suspended for the season um, last year uh, after an internal academic probe um, found that he was uh, um, going to be removed from the team from Notre Dame a year ago, uh, has been fully cleared and returning to the uh, the university one exactly one year to the date. 
uh, of the uh, the announce of his suspension. So um, not only awesome for for him, and hopefully, obviously, he's uh, learned from this situation. But uh, you know, Kavari Russell is a huge, huge addition back into the secondary. Um, for the Fighting Irish this year, with a team that uh, you know many people think can cannot can, can uh, actually contend for the uh, for the college football national championship this year. Yeah, good news for Notre Dame. I'm kind of glad Penn State's not playing in this year. We're uh, our offensive line still scares me a little bit, but uh, uh, we'll see about the playoff. I don't I don't know quite about that yet. I have to. You know, I have I have to see how everybody's playing first, but definitely good news. And yeah, he's he's going to be playing with the biggest chip you've ever seen on a college kid's shoulder. I actually uh, I, I wouldn't want to be hit by him at least at least until he starts to get worn down as the season goes along. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's it's um, you know it's a long year, twelve games. Uh, you know, Notre Dame with not having the conference championship, you know, you pretty much have to roll through their season uh, perfect but only uh i think under 20 days now until uh notre dame's first game i, I think it is september 5th so you're uh, you're you're under 20 days now until the um you know the the college football season kicks off so very much looking forward to that but back to the nfl just for a couple more things uh you know a lot of news uh surrounding whether or not um the NFL is going to rem- going to move to um, is going to move to uh, Los Angeles or not? Uh, whether it's going to be the Raiders, Rams, Chargers? I mean, there, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, I think they're moving forward um, with a stadium built somewhere in the uh, in the Los Angeles area. Andrew, I mean, not not a whole lot to report um, on on this yet. But uh, you know, I guess the question is now. Do you see not isn't do you see a team returning to to LA? It's do you see one or two teams uh, moving to LA? You know, to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure because it depends on how stadium deals are going to go in the current cities. Um, from what I had read, I, I I can't remember where I read it. It's uh, I think St. Louis is still pushing hard to get money raised to keep the Rams in St. Louis. Um I won't get I won't get on my soapbox too much, but I think it's ridiculous that they're that the teams are holding public money hostage to build multi billion dollar stadiums when their owners are all billionaires themselves. But I'm not gonna stay on my soapbox long for that. <laughs> I could actually I could actually see the Raiders going. I mean, there has been no movement on any kind of a stadium resolution in Oakland, and and both the and both the athletics and the Raiders have been have been trying to fight for that for how long now, and there's just no resolution that seems to be forthcoming in Oakland. So, I would say that 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 if any one team is the most likely, it's probably going to be Oakland. I don't. I know the Chargers are a possibility too. They're talking about the combined stadium. I don't think it's very likely, to be completely honest. Uh, I, I think the Charger, I think San Diego is going to be able to raise the funds and get an adequate stadium built in time to keep the, the Chargers out in San Diego. 
Yeah, it's tough to tell. I mean, I I, th- I think the Raiders. I think ultimately, I th- I personally believe that the Raiders will be on the move. I think that the uh, Chargers likely will be on the move. I don't see the I don't see the Rams moving. I did read an article last week though because Andrew, I'm I'm definitely um, you know definitely in the in the same boat as you about the whole uh, public money thing. But uh, I think I read somewhere that the St. Louis Stadium would not um, would not use any public money. Huh. I'd have to try. I'd have to try and find it again. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I rem- I think I remember reading that it would not use any public money. That there's been uh, you know investors and things like that uh, that that have been going into it. But I. I, I <laughs> Like I said, I'll try if I can find the article again. I'll post it to uh, to the Facebook page again, facebook.com/slash/bigjimsports. But I, I think if I think I recall reading that, that would that would be awesome. I know I, Minnesota is using um, tax; they're using a lot of um, gambling revenue money and um, tax Vikings memorabilia. That's that's where most of the public funding, as well as you know personal seat licenses and stuff like that. I know written in the contract, and this was a big thing with the Minnesota legislator, was that if there were overages, it was coming out of uh, Ziggy Wilkes' bank account, and they were okay with that. So, you know, you know, I mean, I'm okay. You know, if they're kicking out a little bit, it should never go above 20 30%, though. I mean, these owners are so obscenely rich on their regular jobs, let alone what they're making off owning a professional sports franchise. I mean, look at how bad the Clippers are, and Shelly Sterling was able to sell them for a billion dollars. You know, these things are cash cows. I mean, these these owners should be putting a heck of a lot more into their own stadiums than they are, just my personal opinion on that. Oh, certainly. You know, the, you know with all the... With all the crap that that goes on in this in this world, um, you know, to use public money and to you know take away from taxpayers uh, to fund stadiums is yeah is absolutely absurd. But um, you know that that's another dispute for or discussion for another day. Um, a couple more uh, NFL topics. This uh, that, that that are kind of on my mind is. Tim Tebow, um, you know, had his, had his uh, Eagles debut this weekend, completing six of twelve passes for sixty nine yards, carried the ball four times for fifteen yards and a touchdown. the 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 crowd went absolutely nuts for this guy. And whatever your thoughts are on Tim Tebow, is fine. But to to be this overly excited over a third-slash-fourth-string quarterback that may not even make the team. To me, I, I don't get the fascination here. I don't get this logic. I don't get this... I don't want to call it hero worship, but for lack of a better word at this point, that's what I'm going to say. This hero worship for this guy. 
I mean, at, at times, did his mechanics look better? Maybe. But at other times, they look same old Tim Tebow. I, I don't understand. I just, I, just, I, I don't get it, Andrew. I, I, do, do you... And, and it, do you even understand wh- wh- where the, whether or not you like Tebow or not? Do you get this level of, you know, like I said, almost hero worship for a, a guy that might not even make a squad? I, I've never understood it. I mean, I said it a couple of years ago when he got drafted number one overall by the Broncos that they screwed up and took him way Way, 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 way too high. If I were a GM, I wouldn't have take. I wouldn't have touched Tebow until the fourth or fifth round. I mean, he was such a raw product coming out of college. Are his leadership intangibles through the roof? Absolutely. I don't think there's anybody that says that they wouldn't want to have him on their team for his leadership qualities. But as far as a quarterback goes. He's just not very good at. I mean, his preseason game, his preseason passing stats were same old, same old. Six for twelve, sixty-nine yards. I mean, at least he hit fifty percent. He's only a career forty-seven percent completion average. I mean, what he does on the ground is great, and that's you know, I I think he needs to switch to either fullback or tight end or something like that. He has wonderful athleticism, but. I I just don't understand what people see in him as quarterback. The the year he took Denver to the playoffs, he took them to the playoffs because they completely scrapped their entire offensive playbook and turned it back into the Florida National Championship playbook where Tebow is running the option most of the game because he can't freaking throw accurately. And yes, I know he beat the Steelers on a long throw, but that but he was scrambling around and honest to God, that was a broken play and a bit of dumb luck. Look what sure. happened the next week I mean, when he faced two, the those, Patriots. Those, well, the two plays that, that Eli Manning is most famous for, uh, the, the two scramble throws in Super Bowls, those, those were dumb luck. And if it wasn't for his receivers having great hands and making an acrobatic crazy play, we'd be talking about how Eli couldn't get the job done in his first two Super Bowls. Yeah. And and then you know the and the problem with Tebow being you know may, possibly making a transition to fullback or tight end is he dropped weight. He's not the same bruiser that he was in college. So he's less of a bruiser runner, and he's not he's not anywhere close to being a good or great passer right now. And another thing, can I tweeted this out today? Can we stop, can people just stop using, well, he won a playoff game as the reason why Tim Tebow is a, quote, good quarterback? There's been a lot of shitty quarterbacks who have won playoff games. And I'm not saying Tebow's the worst of the worst. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, for God's sake. Dan Marino and Jim Kelly didn't win a Super Bowl, for God's sake. Okay? A playoff win or a, even a Super Bowl win does not make you a good quarterback. Super Bowl wins don't make you elite, Eli. And not having a Super Bowl or having struggles in the playoffs 
doesn't mean that you are a terrible quarterback. Yes, I'm looking at you, some of you Romo haters that say, well, look what he's done in the playoffs. Look at the teams he was on. Okay, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Does that mean he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Does that mean he shouldn't be in the conversation for one of the best quarterbacks of all time? Hell no. Jim Kelly was one of the best, led one of the best dynasties. And yes, I call it a dynasty that the game of football has ever seen. Going to four straight Super Bowls. Yes, he never won the Super Bowl. But that's also not all his fault. That, I mean, that, I'm so sick of hearing the, the Tim Tebow apologists, if that's what you want to call them, the Tim Tebow lovers. And I'm not, I'm not just trying to, 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 I'm not trying to just hate on the guy. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'm so tired of this. Well, he won a playoff game. He, you know, or, you know, he's won more playoff games than some of the starters in the NFL. Good for him. What's his, what, what are his numbers? What are his stats? What, what is the, where is the line that, that really measures a quarterback, you know, put, puts him up against the rest of the league? That's where he falls short. Again, much like, you know, much like we were talking about with Mantell. Do I hope he improves? Do I hope he can get better? Sure. I'm not trying to say I hope the guy completely fails or falls on his face. But I don't get the fascination with the third string quarterback. I don't get the I don't get the 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 overwhelming adoration for a guy. Do I love do I love how you know how open he is with his faith and how great of a person he is? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's great for people of faith that they can have a role model. I think it's great for kids today who can have a role model. I think Tim Tebow was a, a, you know, by by all things that we can tell, a fantastic person, a great person, a smart person, and a great person of faith. And that is a, that is an awesome thing. But when it comes to, you know, inside the hashes, inside the sidelines, it's not there. It's just not there. You know, I, you know, I, and the other thing I'm saying, I would abs, you know, I would love to have Tim Tebow on my team. I don't want him playing quarterback for my team, though. And I, these Tebow loving morons, because I'm sorry, that's what this hero worship has come to. You are more, it, it, it's moronic how bad it is. You know, it, he's he's just not that good, guys. He's a mediocre at best NFL quarterback. Anybody can have the greatest game of their lives at one point. Think about the only World Series perfect game. How much else did Drysdale never was that great of a pitcher for the rest of his career? He never really was. But you know what? He pulled it together one game. Does that make him better than Cy Young? Does that make him better than Nolan Ryan? Does that make him better? You know what? Uh, it's it's infuriating. It really is. Sure, sure. It 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 really is. I mean, it just. I don't get it. I don't get it. I 
I really, I just don't. Um, finally, the last thing in the NFL tonight. You can tell it's getting closer to September when we spend, you know, almost an hour, a ha- hour and a half talking about NFL stories. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Certainly not. Certainly not. But uh, RG3. Mm. Man, this guy can't get out of his own way. This guy really can't get out of his own way. Uh, for those that have missed the, uh, you know, missed him uh, sticking his uh, Adidas cleat into his mouth again. Um, this is a quote he told WJLA TV. Quote, I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the league and I have to go out there and show that. Any athlete at any level, if they concede to something else, they're not a top contender. They're not trying to be the best they can be. There's guys in this league that have done way more than me, but I still view myself as the best because that's what I work toward every single day. Um, <laughs> is uh, dr- dr- Drugs are still illegal in the NFL, correct? Like recreational. I thought thought they tested for them too. Um, here's the thing, man. Like, and I put this out on Twitter, and I had some people, uh, you know, try and try and tell me that, oh well, if if you don't believe if you don't believe you're the best, then why even try? All right, here's the deal. I've been I've been doing this podcast thing since uh, 2013, so like two and a half years. Um, if I go back and listen to, you know, some of my first ones and then I listen to where I'm at now, um, I've gotten a hell of a lot better. If I listen to ones from two months ago to today, I feel like I've gotten a hell of a lot better. Um, I don't think I'm the best sports podcaster. I don't think I'm the best. I know I'm not the best sports podcaster. I know I'm not the best. Sports radio host. I know I'm not the best wrestling podcaster. I know I'm not the best wrestling radio host. I know that. I'm well aware of that. Um, Do I strive to be better every week? Do I strive to be the best every week? Um, I know my shortcomings. I know that I'm not the best. I know that I screw up. I know that I trip over my words sometimes. And that's perfectly okay. It happens to everybody. It happens to the best of them. Um, Having confidence in yourself, having, striving to be better is one thing. But when you're delusional to a ridiculous point. That's what RG3 is doing. People that are trying to say, well, you have to believe you're the best. No. No. Does Tony Romo believe he's the best? He might. If you don't hear him say it. Does Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, do they believe they're the best? They they might. They They probably do. You don't hear him announcing it, especially not when their team is terrible because they can't play a full season because their numbers have been going down every year. Does Robert Griffin the third believe he's the best? 
I'm sure he absolutely does. But maybe, maybe you just might want to keep that one quiet. Maybe you want to think about reeling that thought in. You know, there are times when you need to have a talk with the voices in your head and tell them, shut up. (laughs) You're not thinking. (laughs) You know what? Every player should have that mindset that they are the very best, yeah, they're the very best, that their crap doesn't smell bad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They should have that mindset to help motivate them. They shouldn't say it, especially not if you're RG3 and you have ever played a whole season or really after one injury have ever looked like even a flash of your former self. I mean, Really? You know, I I always just want to know what drugs he was on so I could try them myself and see if I get to that level of delusion. Is <laughs> that even possible? <laughs> I, I, I truly don't know. Um, I mean, it... it oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you... Uh, you know how how you how you believe that um if you're him but uh but 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 good for him i guess i, I <laughs> pass pass the blunt and keep going <laughs> yeah absolutely andrew let's let's move on to golf here we're we're almost at the top of the uh the eleven o'clock hour here but uh this past weekend p g a championship jason day gets his first major win um he turned in a uh, a a Weekend rounds of 68, 67, 66, and 67. Um, just an awesome, awesome weekend uh, for him. But, um, you know, really, I mean, he, there's more about the story that has been coming out over the last couple of days that I had no idea um, that he, uh, you know, his dad died when he was young, 12 years old. Um you know, kind of grew up in, in, in poverty um, after his dad died, really started going down, you know, a, a bad road, you know, drinking drugs at, at, at 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. Um, his mom sold their house. I guess his dad had given him a, a um, an old golf club he found in a, in a trash can. That was the first golf club he ever had when he was three years old, like a little toy. Um, and... He, uh, his mom, I think, sold their house that he could get sent to uh, a golf camp. And, you know, and, and then that's, I guess, where he met his coach, who is now his caddy. He saw the just the flood of emotion come out of Jason Day um, when he won this weekend. I mean, I, I never had a, I never had a problem with Jason Day. Um, I had more uh, of a of a respect and a love for him um, at the U.S. Open when he when he battled the vertigo, something that I've um, something that I've battled in my life, um, and and just to to be able to go for him to go out there and do that is incredible. Um, but but learning more about his story, and I mean it it it. Uh, I just, I absolutely 
you know, love and respect and, and pulling for that guy more and more and more all the time. And at 27 years old, um, you know, he's coming right into it. And, and the majors aren't going to get any easier for some of the old dogs that are still trying to hang on. And the competition between now Day and Johnson and, well, Zach Johnson and Dustin Johnson and Rory and Speed and Patrick Reed, if he can tune his game. Um, awesome. Golf, you know, the, golf's new generation, uh, I think, is going to be able to, uh, is you know, is going to be able to kind of pick up where the old generation left off. It, it, it's wonderful. I, I watched the end of that. You know, the end of that and just watching, uh, you know, watching the pure emotions pour out of his face, I, that was beautiful. That was completely beautiful. I mean, he has been so close to the cusp. How many times of, you know, not regular tournaments and, and majors, he's been so close. And he's definitely one of the best golfers in the world. Now, I, I'm so glad he finally got his major. I, I I really am, and and can I just say his his little daughter tagging along behind him and every that was just absolutely adorable, you know she finally oh got to go God. out. That, that, <laughs> hey, Mr. Curry, um, I I think there's another little, uh, I think there's another famous athlete's daughter that can give your daughter a run for her money. <laughs> Dude, the the adorable level. And I'm not going to say adorbs either, much like bay. Oh, my God. Words like adorbs need to get out of the vocabulary. But that's that's another discussion for another day as well. Um, Quite true. It's totally adorable. And and to see, you know, when he he watched, when I watched it and I saw the embrace with his his caddy, um, you know, after hearing more about the story, and his backstory, you know, get that that gets you choked up. And you see his um when you see his daughter and his family there with him. I mean, it just you know, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Um and and you know, just spectacular and, and it, you know, those times he's missed, it's not like he you know, he did anything wrong. It's just the guys around him just did a little bit better. You know, and and you know he's faced adverse adversity and things like that. It, it's, um, you know, it really is, you know, really is awesome. He got the win, uh, not to be outdone. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth, a guy who was uh, three shots off the lead here, barely lost at the at the Open Championship. Of course, won the Masters in the U.S. Open earlier this year. At 21 years old, mind you. Uh, rounds of 71, 67, 65, and 68 uh, this weekend. Uh, so coming in for the um, coming in on the major season, a new golf record minus 54 in major play this year. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about his Tiger back when he has a good week or when's Tiger going to be back, why don't we focus on Jason Day? Why don't we focus on Jordan Spieth? Why don't we, you know, why don't we spend more time 
paying attention to the guys that are lighting these leaderboards on fire because whistling straights is not as easy of a course as as speed and day and some of these other guys made it look this weekend it's not and they made it look easy they absolutely made it look easy jordan speed also now uh the new number 1 in the uh in the pro golf ranking so Congratulations to Jordan for that, but minus 54 in uh, in major tournament play this year. Holy crap, minus 54. I'm sure if I try hard enough, I could go plus 54 in one round. <laughs> if it's the right course, I don't have to try that hard. I'll hit plus 54. <laughs> You take me up to Iron Valley, I think I can hit plus 54 in no time. Wow, minus 54. Yeah, unreal. Unreal. Yeah, we, got, we, we have something special with this, new, with this new group of golfers coming up. Uh, I hope they can all avoid injuries. This, I love it. Golf set for another 10, 15 years of great competition with these guys. As long as everybody stays out of trouble, doesn't follow Tiger Woods' path with women and anything else, you know, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a wonderful thing to watch. Yeah, it, it really is. Golf uh, golf is in some good hands. Um, I'm going to skip talking about Tiger this week. He's playing this weekend, the first time he's ever played in the in the Wyndham uh, tournament. But uh, not going to talk about this past weekend just for sake of time. Um, Absolutely. You know, a little. I had fun uh, seeing John Daly um, play a play a par three hole. Like I've played a part some par three holes. Um, I've never actually thrown the club. I've wanted to, but uh, I don't have the I don't have the money and the the means at my disposal to quickly replace it. Uh, so um, better judgment comes in. But uh, the, the last golf story of the uh, of the night, Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. Bubba Watson, uh, somebody that golf. Many golf fans, uh, considering golf's biggest whiner, and he definitely lived up to that this weekend, uh, came to a uh, a moment where his uh, ball had, I guess, came on uh, came on an anthill and uh, was asking, uh, seeking out uh, hopes of getting a free drop. Uh, the rules committee, um, not only the rules official on the um, on the course, but actually went to a another rules official, um, and uh, got got confirmation. Said that uh, they, that he could not get a uh, a drop because it was not fire ants um, or anything like that. So there's no relief. Watson complained and complained uh, because uh, he said it was a burrowing animal. Um, insects are not animals. There's a difference between like a gopher. In an anthill, I mean, let's. I mean, it, it's just another thing for the guy to complain about. Oh, and here's the thing: after he had to take the damn shot, he birdied the hole. Like, I mean, just just take the damn shot, dude. The the rules official made a ruling. He went to another. He he called to another official and got the ruling. I mean, just just let it, just let it be. Just let. I mean. Just, the, the 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 level that this guy will will whine and bitch and complain is is just astounding. I 
I, I just want to take his driver cover and stuff it in his mouth. He has complained, I think, on just about every major tournament this year. He was complaining about the greens, the U.S. Open. It'd probably be easier to list the tournaments this year. He hasn't had something to moan and bitch and complain about. It's so old. And you know what? I used to kind of like watching Bubba play, but now if I see Bubba, I kind of want to watch somebody else because I'm afraid he'll open his mouth up and stop the whole course while he tries to get something stupid because you're right. It's not a gopher hole. It's an ant. You know what? That could only help because it's popping your ball up a quarter of an inch higher so you can strike it better, you freaking moron. Uh, It's exasperating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just, oh, okay. Enough of of Bubba Watson and, and his bitch fest. Um, Story out of college football. A couple of college stories here. Um, oh, I think we I think we might have lost Andrew. Hopefully he can uh, get back on the call here. Uh, but the uh, National Labor Relations Board uh, ruled on Monday that they are declining to assert jurisdiction in the Northwestern University case after football players had deemed to be employees by the uh, NLRB director last year. For me, as Pian, it says, effectively, the decision is a major victory for Northwestern and the NCAA. Analysts expected the five-member NLRB to either back or reverse the decision, but instead the board uh, exercised discretion not to take charge of the case and, uh, and dismissed the representation filed by the College Athletes Players Association, which had worked with then-quarterback Kane Coulter and the Wildcats football team. Um, the uh, the NLRB wrote in its decision that um, it says, quote, in the decision, the board held that asserting jurisdiction would not promote labor stability due to the nature and structure of NCAA Division I football subdivision FBS. Uh, by statute, the board does not have jurisdiction over state-run colleges and universities, which constitute 108 of the roughly 125 FBS teams. In addition, every school in the Big Ten except Northwestern is a state-run institution. As the NCAA and conference maintain substantial control over individual teams, the board held that asserting jurisdiction over a single team would not promote stability in labor relations across the league. Um, you know, per, you know, honestly, for me, Andrew, you know, I, I, I like this decision. I've been very vocal about You know, I, I don't think college players should be viewed as... Um, as as employees, they should not be paid by the university. They're already being paid by the university, whether some people want to admit it or not. Um, you know, I'm 30 years old. I've been out of college for uh, eight years. I am still paying every month school loans, much like many of my friends, uh, my wife, um, other people in my family are still spending spending on, on school loans. Um, when these kids, a lot of them, come out and they are loan-free, debt-free, um, plain and simple, they got paid. And they got paid a hefty sum. Now, I understand, not all athletes are getting those scholarships. 
But the ones that would likely be receiving the lion's share of this money are the ones that are now receiving scholarships. You know, the the squeakier wheel gets the grease. The bit, you know, the bigger, the better. They're going to be the ones that are going to be getting the lion's share. And at least that's how I would perceive it. Um, these kids are getting paid when they're you know when they're coming out without. 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 or more worth of debt. When they when they get, you know, gear, when they get free tutoring, when they get, you know, their schedules picked for them. Those are all perks that not everybody gets. They're getting paid by their universities. Um like I know Anthony and I have talked about this. Do I think that athletes should be able to make money on their likeness? Sure. They can go out and they can get commercials if they can, you know, have an autograph signing. Let them do that because that's making money off of themselves, but they're not getting paid by the university. And, I mean, ultimately, I support this this decision by the NLRB. Um, I was a little surprised that the NLRB um, just – I am a little surprised that they – decided to outright stop it now. Um, there were there were other ways they could have denied it, but left it up for somewhat interpretation. But, a, but this isn't the place for a union because it's going to split the private schools versus the public schools, like you said. Um, and frankly, none of the private schools have the money to match what Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Notre Dame. Well, okay, Notre Dame has plenty of spending power themselves, but you know, none, none of this. You know, like Notre, like Northwestern and Stanford, they're not. You know, even if they had, even with that union, they still wouldn't be able to steal the big recruits away. But you know what? It, it, it's going to open Pandora's door and I, or Pandora's box, and I think that's why they said, let's just stop this now. Uh, let's just stick a nail in the coffin and just end it. Hopefully it won't stop the change for student-athlete rights so that they can make money off their likeness, but hopefully this should stop, you know, the the talk of a union, at least for now, until they figure out a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I ultimately think, um, you know, I, I ultimately think that... You know, at some point we're going to see players get some sort of, you know, um, compensation. I, I, you know, I, that's just that's just how it is. It, it's going to happen at some point. We're going to see that. Um, when and how, I don't know. Clemson University um, doing something. It's not the first time they've done it, so I don't know why people are making as big of a deal out about it uh, now. Um, but, uh, they, Clemson enacted a social media shutdown for football players. They can still check their timelines and feeds and get a laugh out of some, uh, you know, out of some stuff that they, that they see there. They cannot, however, add to discussions on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or, uh, or any other, um, social media sites. Obviously Periscope is another big one. Um, you know, they've been doing it for the last few years. Other schools 
have conducted similar shutdown to keep the focus on the players. Uh, really, though, you know, to me, Andrew, the question, you know, and I, I actually think this is somewhat of a of a good idea, um, but I think I think what could maybe be smarter is instead of completely banning them from using it, is is having uh, you know, people that work with the university and, and you know, obviously I think that the, the primary people that could work with them is people in the public relations department or make the student athletes take a public relations course um, that, that, that kind of calls into, sell, calls into them some uh, accountability here because um, because when you have that, then they can learn, you know, don't engage in the moment. Don't engage in this, you know, the, the, this, the, the, these times when you're heated and, and fuel fire. You know, don't come back from a big game where you lost and have people, um, you know, continue to, um, you know, to, to keep baiting you and trolling you. That's when these kids get into trouble if they, you know, have – you know, get into some recreational things that college athletes and college students can do, and then they get on social media and make a fool of themselves. There wasn't really social media when I was in college, and not to sound like the old man in the corner, uh, you know, d- drinking my prune juice and sitting on my rocker, uh, because it was only you know <laughs> nine, you know, it was only it was only like about nine or so years ago that I was in college. But Facebook was really just a tool that college students could use to talk to each other about classes and classwork. And now it's blown up. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram, no Snapchat, no Periscope, no, uh, you know, those are the ones I use. I don't know any other ones. Um, But there was none of that. So, you know, just if they could teach them to use it smarter, you wouldn't, I think, necessarily need to completely ban them from it. (laughs) <laughs> the social media thing, you know, I, the kids are being dumb with it, so I get why the universities are cracking down on it. Um, but then again, there are also a lot of universities like, look at James Franklin in Penn State. He he turned a Stone Age program into the modern era. I mean, he, he harnesses social media as well as anybody, if not better than most. I mean, uh, you know, Harbaugh, of course, this year is going to take in storm, you know, running around shirtless with recruits down down south playing whatever they were playing. But you know, uh, I, I think I think that's a great idea, though. Make everybody take a course. I mean, it's not like they don't already load football players down with with dummy classes for jocks so you can keep your GPA high enough to play classes. But at least have one that's actually worthwhile, so they learn something very, very, very valuable that they can carry with them for the rest of their life. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really, Andrew, the last last thing I have tonight is something that I think is pretty cool. Obviously, uh, this is something I'll be covering more uh, on Thursday night, Three Count Thursday here on NGSCSports.com at uh, at 9.30 Eastern Time. Uh, like I said on Thursday night, but this weekend ESPN and and uh, you know we, we know how how much I like to uh, bash ESPN, but 
this this weekend. Uh, I'm happy about something ESPN is doing. For really the first time ever, um, ESPN is going to be covering a WWE pay-per-view. This weekend is the WWE's annual SummerSlam uh, pay-per-view. Uh, the Let's see here. Sports Center Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and 6 to 7 p.m. They will broadcast live from uh, outside the Barclays Center, which is where uh, the WWE SummerSlam is taking place. Former WWE personality and current ESPN anchor Jonathan Coachman, a.k.a. The Coach, uh, has been kind of working on this for months. And, um, you know, it's, it's paying off. WWE covering, or excuse me, ESPN covering WWE. I know they had Brock Lesnar uh, on Mike and Mike and SportsCenter this morning. I don't know uh, at this point how much more um, media coverage they are going to incorporate uh, during this week. But uh, just very, I, to me, very, very cool that um, ESPN covering the WWE. Huge exposure. Whether or not you like ESPN or not, um, for the WWE at, at a time when you know ratings have been down a little bit and, and things like that, this is a huge, huge thing for the WWE. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge wrestling guy. I, I never have and probably never will be. But I think this is really cool. I, I, I never thought ESPN would ever cover anything WWE. I, I, you know, you, you, you ask me, even, even up until I saw the link earlier today, ask me if ESPN would ever do it, I would have said no. But there's a huge fan base there. I mean, look at how much Three Count Thursday's grown since you started it. Um, you know, I'm glad they're tapping the fan base. I will say this: while I'm not a wrestling fan, you know, you guys—I have to say this to you and Ryan and Matt—you guys have really done a great job. You know, looking at hey, it's not—it's not something fake. You know, like you know, like everybody used to say, wrestling's so fake, this, that, and everything. It, it's really not. It's very difficult. And I mean, these guys are in tremendous shape to do what they do. I think it's great that ESPN's covering this. I I'm, think I'm going to be busy most of the weekend, so I'm not probably going to be able to see much of it. But I, you know, I I hope they put good, you know, I hope they put good broadcasters on for it, and I I hope they run with it. I could see if it goes well, I could see them bringing it back again. Oh, I certainly could too, and I, I think that uh, you know there there's been somewhat of of groundswells, um, you know, with with professional wrestling and it's, it's becoming a little bit more bigger and mainstream and i think guys like guys like a brock lesnar have certainly helped them uh help them with that a andrew that's it uh that's all i have for the night um let everybody know where they can find you on social media and then uh then we're gonna get out of here on uh on uh twitter you can find me at pyro lord 314 p-y-r-o-l-o-r-d 314 Hit me up. I'm happy to argue with you about anything. As me, uh, Jim, and Jason have been arguing about the uh, Orioles and the Blue Jays and everybody else for the last hour while we've been talking. So hit us up. Yeah, very good, Andrew. Thanks again, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy, Jim. So again, thanks to Andrew. Thanks to uh, the people who contributed to the 
poll question tonight. Thanks to Ryan for the call in, Matt, Jason, Amy for the uh, responses uh, on social media. You can get all the social media uh, for this show and myself. Uh, Twitter at Big Jim Sports, Instagram at Big Jim Sports, Facebook.com slash Big Jim Sports. Uh, I'm always here Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the Tuesday timeout. Thursday nights at 9.30 p.m. for their wrestling show, Three Count Thursday. Um, so, again, this week is a, is a great show. Again, Three Count Thursday. Um, and then a great show here tonight. All of our shows, ngscsports.com slash big-gym-sports. You can also go to ngscsports.com, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Search NGSC to get all of the shows that are on the network. Again, Twitter at BigGymSports, Facebook.com slash big gym sports guys have a great week enjoy whatever you do in sports but whatever you do stay safe stay smart and go for the win Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.